Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hi, friends. I'm Eva. I'm Kylie. And, and welcome, welcome back. To- <laughs> <laughs> One of okay. these days. One, One of these days. We're going to have a we'll smooth right. intro. Yeah, we'll get it right. We'll get it right. Um, How are you? Uh, I'm actually really good because I'm in my ovulation phase, which <laughs> will make a lot more sense <laughs> to the people who listen. I'm I'm in like a sixth grade health video <laughs> right now. I promise you this will be at the front of the room. <laughs> this will all make a lot more sense when you listen to the podcast. The TV's on the yeah. wheelie cart in the room. Sorry, I'm going to stop. <laughs> But it's true though, and this is a little bit of that. Well, I think our, our podcast today is educational in the same way, but not as boring as necessarily yes. listening to like your, your high school what teacher. You sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's how, they sh- how things about our body should be taught, I think, uh, in yeah. school. So yes, we, this, this week's episode is all things period, all things menstruation, and uh, just to ground it back to this episode is true. So this is something that you're going to learn about in the show if you don't already know, but your ovulation phase is generally speaking when you have the most energy, when you're the most outgoing, when you're the most positive. And I would say, it's just funny how once I started paying attention, I could see how my hormones were dictating my life and how to work with that. And this is a very long answer to your question of how I'm doing, but my hormones are in a good place. So I'm feeling pretty good today. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Kylie? Yeah. So, um, I am about to get my period and I want to just nap all day long. (laughs) And the story that I would share is that, um, we, um, you know, we talked about this in the episode, the like the the rest and kind of winter season of menstruation. And on my little app on my phone told me that my period menstruation phase started on Friday and I didn't feel tired and all. And I was like, I don't know, maybe these things don't really affect me. And then today, (laughs) oh my God, I've just been like dragging myself around. I was like, maybe I'm sick. Then of course I had a low key panic that I got COVID. And then I realized it was just my period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, seriously, every time I feel anything now, I'm like, oh my God, COVID, COVID. Yeah. I know, I know. I like, I, I promise, I'll, I try to keep it real with you. This, this is the day in the life of Kylie. And so, um, so yeah, so, but, but the thing that's been very cool is because of this conversation that we had with Iris that you're about to be lucky enough to listen to, um, I didn't beat myself up for being so tired. Which is always my go-to. It's like, oh come on, like you have things to do, be productive. Yeah. But I was like, oh, like this is the season in which my body needs rest. So I'm gonna do, you know, I have obligations, but between those obligations, I'm I just I actually had a pretty busy day, but I just made a point of like being gentle with myself about mm-hmm. the tiredness. Yeah. And turns out it's easier when you're gentle <laughs> with yourself. Yep. Yep. Something. So um yeah. Um, which is also all this is to say, this is a really lovely episode that I really got a lot out of, and I think will have impact, personal impacts for a long time. I think something really shifted for me in, in listening to Iris. So I'm yeah, kind of, it's a good one guys. Yeah. I'm super excited for y'all to hear it. So just a little bit of background information. It took us a while. So we, we went back and forth with Iris for like a while because she's also like in a totally different time zone. She's in Malta and, but the stars finally aligned came together. I was personally very excited, very invested in all of this. Um, 
because I'm really hoping that this information about our bodies, which I don't think people talk about enough, can be shared. So she, I think she does a really wonderful job of that. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Um, and I oh. think she does a nice job of speaking to like how to implement cyclical living if you're not someone who menstruates. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who I know listen who for a whole host of reasons don't menstruate. And so I think I, if I don't want you to feel excluded because I think that she speaks to that in a way that I think is really eloquent and, and yeah. made sense to me. Right. And so you're reminding me of another thing I want to want to highlight is that we talk specifically about, you know, how this stuff like uh, period care or whatever you want to call it can apply to people who don't have their periods anymore or trans folks and everybody. Yeah. Even people who don't necessarily, you know, um, have a womb. But I think she really offers practical, sacred, like ritualistic ideas and suggestions for how this information can help everyone. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, before we flip to Iris's episode and interview, um, is there anything that you would like to like share with our dear listeners? Yeah, I'm going to make it super quick this week because it's kind of more of the same. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Bad Rich Living. That's where I spend most of my time. My website is evilyout.com. Um, I am not taking new clients currently because I have a full roster, but I do have a program coming out now, uh, coming out in a couple of months, but um, I'll just keep it at that. If you'd like to get the early bird info, um, early bird bonuses, all that good stuff, uh, you can DM me or send me an email and I'll add you to the list. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I will also keep it short and sweet, which is uh, if you have been listening for a while, we're at 31 episodes now, so you, we, we've, <laughs> we've been doing this for a while, and you are like, yeah, that Akashic Record thing sounds cool. Kylie seems so cool. No, I'm just kidding. You probably aren't thinking that highly of me. But if you have been curious about getting a reading, ask yourself if this is the moment that you want to do it, and then you should book a reading with me because I love my work, and I want to work with you. So do it. <laughs> love it okay and in lieu of some shorter uh promos this week i'm gonna actually read a um review from one of our lovely listeners so here we go the really real is what it's called <laughs> kylie and eva are a perfect complement to each other loving this podcast for the really real when it comes to exploring spiritual concepts from the tangible and material world to the unseen and mysterious these two provide a deep and meaningful journey for us all oh yeah, thank you so much so uh, we love your reviews. They give us life. They give us energy. Um, and also they really do help the show grow. So if you like the show, it, we would love it and appreciate it so much. If you could hop into your app on your iPhones or yeah, cause we only take for whatever reason they have it set up that you can only really review a show if you have an Apple product, which is kind of annoying. Unless you have iTunes downloaded on your PC. Oh, right, 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 right. But right. I mean, okay. I recognize that's a heavy lift, guys. I recognize. It's 2020. Yeah, we need right. everything instant. Right. But if you have an iPhone, at, at the very yes. least. <laughs> yeah. If you have an iPhone, it's super quick. I did not know this before I started doing podcasts, but you literally just scroll down to the bottom of our podcast and it's it, right there. It just says, leave a review. It takes less than even three minutes, I would say. Um, and if you know someone else who you think would really resonate with the show, please share and subscribe, like, review, all the things. Um, and also, actually, we sh- I've been wanting to do this more often, but if you know someone who you think would be a good fit for the show. Yes, a good guest. We, yeah. In particular, we're on the lookout for plant experts <laughs> and manifestation experts yes. in particular. Yep. Manifestation experts who are like, oh, like down with social justice. So, yes, exactly. Who are grounded and practical too. These are topics yeah. that are at front of mind. So if you know yeah. people who want to come on and talk to us about this stuff so that we can also learn, uh, we, we would love that. So you can email us at 
podcast. Wait, what is it? Hello. Wait, what's our email? <laughs> Real professional uh, tight ship over here. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, um, I think it's podcast oh. at hellouniverse.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so while Kylie looks that up, we can also, um, oh yeah, also, of course, you can find us on the Hello Universe community Facebook group. That's another area where um, our lovely listeners are hanging out, where Kylie and I are, um, where you can at- interact with us pretty much. Yeah, ask questions, get advice, share your spiritual growth realizations and all that stuff. Podcast at Hello Universe. Podcast. No, shit. <laughs> Remember when I said I was really tired, guys? It's podcast at hellouniversepod.com. Okay. We will add that to the show notes. <laughs> podcast at hellouniversepod.com. Okay. Good for me to remember. All right. And so with that, let's introduce Iris, our guest for this week. Uh, Iris Josefina is a certified holistic womb guide with an academic background in holistic women's health, midwifery, trauma-informed coaching, medical anthropology, and gender studies. Her work revolves around our menstrual and life cycles from periods to postpartum. This is truly a really special episode, and um, I, I love all of our episodes. And I often will say it's a favorite. This one just like gave me so much wisdom that I think really shifted some perspectives for me in a valuable way. So I I hope that you love it as much as I do. Yeah, Joseph, she's fucking badass, Iris. Yeah. I thought she was super fucking cool. Yeah. And um, again, I can't stress this enough. Like this is, feels personal to me. I want everyone. Yeah. I want period talk just to be the norm. Like. So yeah. talk about it all the time. It should be normalized. And I feel like what she's doing is so important. And yeah. for so many of us who are also just like in our heads, she really talks about getting to our bodies and all that stuff. So we hope you enjoy, have a wonderful week, take us on a walk with you and we'll see you soon. All right. So Iris, uh, we are so excited to have you. This has been such a long time coming. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to yeah. be here with you today. Yay. Um, so as, as you know, the first question that we ask all our guests is, what does spirituality mean to you? And how does it show up in your everyday life? For me, my being in a body is a really spiritual experience for me. And for most people, spirituality takes place outside of them. It's connecting with something greater. But for me, that something greater manifests through my body. So being in this body, experiencing my cycle is a very spiritual experience for me. So each phase for me has their own characteristics, their own wisdom, their own teachings. And most of those teachings and most of that wisdom is so potent to me as if it seems to come from a higher source, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for me, being in this body and having this human experience is actually very spiritual to me. It's material, but it's also spiritual. And um, some people even say that the vagus nerve, which is the wandering nerve in the body that is responsible for keeping our nervous system in check, is actually um, what some other people would call the soul. So for me, knowing, knowing (laughs) you know, and experiencing this and working with the nervous system, for me, all of that is also spirituality because to me, it's a great mystery still Mm. to be in this body, to have this human experience. So I kind of like stopped seeking it outside of myself, really Mm. what it means to be spiritual. And I just work with what is and what I sense. 
and that to me is a is a spiritual experience and also saying my gratitude every single day for you know who and what is in my life how it unfolds it's so deeply spiritual to me that i don't really i don't really need to connect to all the things that are greater because it's all within me and what i'm experiencing if that makes sense Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. It makes so much sense. You are speaking our language. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, answer. But though I have to say, I think this speaks a lot about the work that you do because it's a, it's a unique answer. We've had a lot of guests on here before and you're the first one to really speak about spirituality and the body. And that kind of blows my mind because yeah, I think a lot of people feel like detached from their bodies or a lot of people mm -hmm. seek spirituality because we're so much in our heads. And so it, like you said, it becomes this outside source of connecting to something bigger than ourselves. But to tie it back to something so tangible and every day, like the thing that I'm currently sitting in right now, like I'm in, like I'm in my body in this chair. I'm not gonna, I'm a little bit mind blown. I've never really thought about that before. <laughs> it's for me, it's the, it's the thing that made me ground the most because I've been like on this path of like being a yogi and connecting to different traditions to find out like oh what does spirituality mean to me maybe I can find it here maybe I can find it there I traveled to India um, I learned from um, Native American peoples who looked at spirituality in a certain way um, and I was always seeking like what is the greater meaning where can I find this and it wasn't until I really started to come home to my body that everything else also started to make sense. And I, I thought like, you know, every time I was looking for something spiritual or walking that spiritual path, the only thing that was always with me was my body. Mm -hmm. And that is through which I experienced all these things, all the things that I learned, all the breathing practices, all the yoga practices, all the gatherings. It's my body that perceives everything and that takes in the knowledge in a way that is, you know, that honors where I was in that specific moment. And I know that if I would go to India right now and learn the exact same things that I learned, I would perceive them differently because I grew mm. in this body. Was there like a specific moment where all of a sudden you recognized, oh, I've been looking outside and the answer, I'm living the answer literally, or was it just kind of a gradual unfolding for you to come to this place? In a way it was a gradual unfolding, but I think my father being sick from me at a very young age, I was 14, and his passing when I was 19, that made a huge impact on, you know, how I developed. And I wasn't busy with having boyfriends in my teens. I was busy preparing for my father to die, basically, yeah. and imagining how I would feel, imagining what that would do to my life, imagining you know, asking myself questions like, can I survive something like that? Because that's the worst thing that can happen to a child. Yeah. So my, my upbringing and, and the way I developed myself, I was busy with so many different things than my peers were. And I was on such a thinking on such a different level because I had to, that I think that that experience really shaped me as a person and also shaped how I look at the world, how I look at what I find important, how I look at relationships, what I find you know, a value mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And also because I experienced all of that in my body. Yeah. Yeah. Like the anger for him being sick, the questions like, why does it happen to such a good person? And when he passed the grief, everything moved through my body. I wasn't so aware of it, but later 
I learned that everything that I experienced passed through my body. So that was also the, the place where I started, you know, where I needed to start the healing. Oh, this is like <laughs> just really uh, meaningful and profound because I think you're right. We spend, I mean, I've joked before, like I would be more comfortable being a head in a jar. Like I think we all spend so much. I mean, I think I've healed, I've healed some of that. Like I've come a long way, but I just think we all spend so much time trying to escape the now, which means also escaping the body because the body's the one thing that's always in the now, right? Our mind can go in the past and the future and our soul is like probably 8,000 places at once. But <laughs> yeah. So this is, I think, one of the many reasons Kylie and I wanted to have you on the show because um, I, like, I, like Kylie, feel very much in headspace often. And I think I want to be able to speak with someone who lives in this way to be so connected with their body. Like, what does it mean to be connected to your body? I, I have so many clients also who come to me who say the same thing. Like, I can't even, they feel like they can't tap into how they're feeling in their body. Like they're either so numbed out or they're so disconnected that, yeah, that, which is like mind blowing to me if you think about it. Like I'm much, very much in my head, but thankfully I've had some practices where I've been able to get back into my body a little bit. But I think there's a large population of people who probably feel you know, what I was just saying, this complete disconnection from their physical body. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to, yeah, how to cultivate that? What does it even mean, you know, to be um, connected to one's body? Um, to me, it means that it feels like a safe place to be. Because if I, if I look at myself for a long time, I felt very unsafe in my body. And the messages that my body was giving me were really scary. So I lived with a lot of anxiety, um, especially after my dad passed, a lot of sleeplessness, insomnia, things like that, and panic attacks in the form of having the feeling that I wasn't able to breathe mm. properly. Um, so the messages that my body was giving me were actually really scary, and nobody told me how to tend to them and how to relate to them and how to possibly heal them. So for me, being in the body is cultivating a relationship with it, but also learning the language that your body is trying to speak to you. So the way that the body speaks to us is a language that not many people know how to interpret and how to speak. And the ways in which our body will communicate with us is through various sensations or numbness. It is through smell, through taste, through sweat through um, tingling or having no sensation at all or warmth or cold. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I, that I really taught myself to tap into. And every time something, I felt something scary in my body, I taught myself to take a step back and take the position of an observer and then go like, okay, what, what am I actually feeling right now? What is happening? Can I name what is happening? So for example, when I, so for example, when I would like get a panic attack and would feel it coming, I was like, okay, what am I feeling right now? And I would say to myself exactly what I was feeling. I feel my throat being like closed almost, um, not being able to breathe. I feel tingling. I don't feel my hands. I don't feel my feet. And when I started naming that and acknowledging it, my body would actually relax more. 
-hmm. And obviously I also had talk therapy to, to move through all of that, but it wasn't until I really started to pay attention to what my body was telling me that I could actually soothe myself. Because if I, if I couldn't even name what was happening, it's impossible to heal it. And when I started naming what my body was doing, and also understanding with my mind what it was doing, because if your body speaks so loud, usually the mind shuts down mm -hmm. and you don't know what the hell is happening anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just overall panic. And I'm sure that people who have anxiety can relate to that, that it's that you just block. It's like you numb and nothing else can happen than all of these emotions and all the things running through you. But it isn't until when we learn how to name that that we can heal it and that we can recognize it and, and potentially let it go when we feel ready for it. And that is exactly what I did um, to connect with my menstrual cycle too. So naming the things that were happening in my body, for example, during menstrual pain or during PMS and really starting to name what was happening and then trying to find solutions for what was happening in my body. So I have a thousand questions for you about the menstrual cycle work, obviously, yes. but before we do that, can I, I have kind of a practical question because that's one of the things we love to talk about here is sort of like, how do you really, really, really apply this? And so what I hear you saying is like, when these waves of anxiety would come on, that you would sink into your body and say like, these are the physical things I'm experiencing. But how did you, I think that for a lot of people who are trying to do this, who are used to doing it it's really tempting to slip back into the place of like the, the fear and the thinking, right? So mm -hmm. like the, the panic comes and there's one part of you that wants to just obsess on whatever the panic is. And then what you're saying is instead you would like name the things, but how did you step, like step away from that? Like, cause it can feel almost like this addictive pull to like stay in the space of the thoughts. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. And I, I recognize that as well. But for me, it is easier to do this when I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. So when there is another person in the room, it's very easy to project what I'm feeling onto them. Mm -hmm. So for me, the healing was very easy solo because I was the only one I would have. Mm -hmm. And I know it doesn't work like that for everybody. And I would see my fears and the thoughts as somebody that needed to be heard. So I would say to myself, like, okay, fear, I hear you, I see you, but today I'm also going to listen to this other voice that wants to observe, that wants to name, and you're both equally perfect, you're both equally important, and I'm going to listen to you both today. And yeah. then I would just imagine to sit that fear down and hold on for a second so I could create the space for myself in my own mind to listen to the other voice that also wanted to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's just an imaginary thing that I did. I would literally imagine sitting my fear down or sitting my anxiety down and literally give my brain space to listen to that other voice. And I would imagine it like that as this little monster, fear <laughs> monster sitting down on their chair and just shutting up for a second. Yeah. So I could like, so I could literally provide myself with the space to listen to that other voice because I knew it was important. I knew it has something important to say. Mm-hmm. That's does beautiful. that make sense? It, it just, does it, make sense. Yeah, it makes it's like my sense. inner world, like coming out here. I never actually said this out loud to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is the place because this is the stuff we talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I will add, Kylie, to your question because I think it's a good one. The what you're talking about is not just the addictive pull, but it's our like we were talking about the other day, a knee jerk reaction. It's compulsive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
something that has helped me is this very famous Viktor Frankl quote where he says, uh, between stimulus and action, there's always, I'm not, I'm butchering the quote, but between stimulus and like action, there's always a space. There's Mm. always, always, always a space. And in that space is where you have a choice. And in that choice is where your freedom is. And what's happening is when we're feeling really anxious, that space is like almost non-existent. Like you don't even know that we have a space, right? Because we're moving too fast. But I do think that when we can slow down, so like what I was just saying, like providing a space for herself and being very intentional about it, you do actually have, there is a choice. There is a conscious choice where you can say, okay, I'm going to try and choose to do it differently today. And today I'm going to listen or, you know, instead of react or whatever. Yeah. And that space, I think, grows the more we make that choice to to acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. It definitely does. Eva, I know you have a thousand questions. I do. I actually have like a whole page (laughs) of questions. Okay. So a little bit of background information for our listeners. Um, I, let's see, where do I even begin? I really wanted to ask Iris to come on here to talk specifically about the menstrual cycle because I'm someone who struggles with my cycle in that, um, you know, I was on a very typical story that I've actually heard a lot of women share now is that I was on birth control for a crazy long time, just, you know, in high school, just very thoughtlessly, you know, it was like going to be good for my skin or whatever. And was on it for like, I don't know, 10, 12 years, a very long time. And then got off of my birth control and my hormones just went crazy, like all over the place. And I'm still in a, a phase of like learning. I feel like my cycle was very muted for many years, right? Because when you're on birth control, you don't, it's not necessarily, a, uh, I don't want to say it's not natural, but you know, I had a very consistent sort of short cycle. And now my real cycles coming to life when I'm realizing that there are these four phases of my cycle and in every one of my phases, I am like a different person. And I particularly really struggle with um, like like PMS, premenstrual. And during my cycle, I can get very tired, very um, depressed. And what I have found is as I've talked to more of my friends, I've learned that this is the experience of so many women. And that was news to me because I didn't know for so long because my period was like muted. So um, yeah, so that's the background and why I want to ask I asked to come on here because I think you have so much you can share for so many people. Um, but I do want to start first by acknowledging that not everyone gets their period. And also in terms of like hormones, um, how does this apply to people who, you know, trans folks or, you know, just people who don't have a period? Because I know, Kylie, you've mentioned before on the show that you don't, right, that because you've had two children pretty much back to back. Yeah, I haven't had a period. I just got my period for the first time in like four and a half years or something ridiculous mm. like that which is a different reason there are lots of different reasons why people don't menstruate right but right. Uh, that's my <laughs> I, I have one now it was like oh hi <laughs> I forgot about you um yeah uh, like yeah uh yes but then there's so many so many different situations right but I guess before we even dive into like the deeper questions of how you help people with their menstrual cycle can you speak more about how this applies to people who don't get their periods <laughs> So the reason um, of not getting a period is important here. So there is actually a lot of people who, as you say, mute their menstrual cycles, but actually mute their ovulation. That's why they don't have a period with hormonal birth control. And that's a choice that people have to make for themselves. So I never judge about that. The only thing I judge is how information is spread on these products and it's not honestly spread amongst many people by the medical system. So, I can't say that, you know, 
the work that I do applies to all people because it's very, the menstrual cycle is something very personal. How we relate to it is something very personal, mm -hmm. but the, the destructive relationships that we sometimes might have because of how we are raised, because of how society deals with menstrual cycles or not deals with menstrual cycles, mm -hmm. all of that has an influence on how we have cultivated our own menstrual mindsets. Mm -hmm. So, um, and how far we are in what I call our bleeding body consciousness and how we relate to that body and how we relate to that cycle. It depends on how much we want to learn. It depends on how willing we are to learn about it and how willing we are to understand how our bodies work. Mm -hmm. So it's very personal. So I would never say like, oh, every person with a menstrual cycle should do this mm -hmm. because everybody has their own personal experience. And I also see it with my clients that, people are not always on, on the same page. And I really have to like shift how I teach, how I speak to the person who is in front of me. And that's something really important. I mean, there are general structures and general stories that are created around the menstrual cycle to understand it better, to give like a general container, uh, like the science of the cycle. How does that work? How do the hormones work? Mm -hmm. Or there is this... Um, this image of the seasons that we can connect to each phase of the menstrual cycle. So people have a visual representation of how a cycle might manifest. And that is only to help us understand the cycle better, but then it's also the practice of staying close to your own body mm -hmm. and looking at how does my cycle manifest? What can I learn from my body and my cycle? And what does my cycle want to tell me? And that is unique for everybody. Yeah. And all these, um, you know, tools, the tool of science and this, and this tool of the imagery of the seasons, they can all help us to help us understand our own cycle better. But it's still a very personal journey. And we had, you know, we've had our own history. We've had, you know, our own body relationship. We have our own sexual relationships. We have our own lineage. All of that has an influence on how we relate and how open we are to receive any knowledge even. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Could, could you share this, uh, this seasons metaphor that you referenced is, mm -hmm. is new to me. So I would love if you could, uh, I'm like a total, I'm, I've been lucky enough to have a pretty uncomplicated period, which means I, <laughs> I'm really ignorant about it. Right. Cause it's just sort of like not something I ever had to do a bunch of research. So I will represent all the people who are like, wait, seasons of your cycle? Like what the hell is she talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but this is why I'm so excited because I think a lot of people, like I, I don't know, Iris, if you feel this, maybe not because I know this is what you specialize in, but this is not talked about, you know, in like, we don't learn any of this when we're young. Like this is what is so mind blowing to me that, that so many, half of the population essentially experiences monthly bleeding. And then yet we don't know anything about it. <laughs> I think it's mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's still like that sometimes. I mean, of course, I'm like in the field and people come to me to talk about this and I talk about it every day, but um, still like seeing it in the in a collective consciousness and just in general media and in general society, it's not something that it's been, you know, talked about enough. And I mean, I see it change and I see it change in, in, in countries that I've lived in, but it's still not enough. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. given that half of the population goes through this every single month. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like this taboo thing, right? That we like don't, it's like, oh, we shouldn't talk, you know, we're raised, like, oh, it's embarrassing. You shouldn't talk about it. And I've complained so many times to my partner. I was like, if men 
<laughs> like the, the patriarchy had periods, our whole world would be different. We would have, everyone would have a week off like of, of work. Like it's, and I don't know, I just get all wrapped up into how, yeah. And uh, I get, I can get kind of upset about it. I think <laughs> I too, I've been thinking about, I think cause I knew you were coming on the show and I was excited about that. And my period just came back. I've been thinking about this stuff a lot and I remembered this moment. So my, my family's pretty great. Like in terms of being open about this sort of thing, like my dad would buy me tampons. Like, you know, it was not the kind of house that had like a ton of shame and yet it's part of this culture. So it was a home that had a lot of shame about stuff, right? Like it's just what, it's just in the air. And I have this memory early on of um, my mom saying basically like, Hey, who like really my mom was one of my role models around like kind of a certain a certain kind of openness so again within the context of support my mom was like hey uh don't like leave a pad or a tampon in the bathroom like unwrapped like it's kind of gross for people to look at and I can still feel in my body like this like deep shame and so ever since that one so I was like probably like 13 years old my mom like a small she's thinking she's making a small pass and she did have a ton of shame like her like family wouldn't buy her stuff and she had to like save up money to buy stuff you know so she was like very intentional about wanting this to feel safe for me and yet that one comment every single time I have ever wrapped up a pad or a tampon in my entire life I have thought about how to hide it until Mm. last week like that's fucking wild right and this is someone who's got a master's degree in gender studies who has a mom who was like really wanted to be supportive about this who has a partner who's super supportive about this and every single time i changed a tampon or a pad for yeah two decades i thought about how i had to hide it yeah it's fucking wild how much how deep this is you know Mm -hmm. yeah it really is and that specific thing that thing around shame i mean i've thought about it long and deep and I've thought about, I've thought about the physiology of shame, right? Mm -hmm. So how does shame manifest in the body? How does that feel in your body? It feels really uncomfortable, but it's also a stress response in the body. So on top of this whole intense experience of having a period, which is a huge physiologic event for a lot of people, there is also this other stress response event that is set in motion because of this shame. And I haven't researched this exactly, but I know that there is research done in, uh, for example, trauma healing uh, and trauma manifestation around the, the emotion of shame and all of the physiologic responses that that gives is huge and it costs so much energy for the body. So not only is it uncomfortable, it's also unhealthy. Yeah. And then I started thinking like, imagine people feeling shame from the age of like 11 till 50, once a month yeah. for a week. Yeah. Imagine what kind of physiologic response that you know, that creates, I mean, again, I didn't research this like myself, but connecting it to the research that has been done around shame, that is huge. Yeah. And we're doing that, you know, to ourselves, our society is doing that to us. And then like, you know, my kids, if they, you know, pee out their diaper in the middle of the night, I, we just change their sheets, right? It's like a completely neutral event. It's like, oh, like you're cold. Like let's change everything up. Whereas like how many times anyone who's listening, who bleeds, how many times have you like leaked and gotten a sheet, have blood on it? Like, can you, I bet every single person can remember in their body, the feeling of like just Mm -hmm. this horror that your body did this thing that it does, (laughs) right? Especially in the bed of your partner. Yeah. 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 So I can't remember if we had a specific question. I was so deep, <laughs> deep into this. Just I'm just absor- just absorbing all of this. Um, 
I think we're going to explain the seasons. Right, right, right. That's what it was. First, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do that first. So, there is this imagery around the menstrual cycle that represents the seasons, and every cycle starts with menstruation, and menstruation correlates with winter, because in winter everybody goes—I mean, not everybody, but animals—usually go into hibernation. Everything slows down. And in our body, everything slows down too, because we're basically in a hormonal pause. Mm. The hormones come to this ground zero, and there is this stillness, this pause in our bodies. And that is why it is connected to winter, because in winter, it's like a seasonal pause of the year in many countries when you have four seasons. And then after winter, we move to spring. And this is exactly what happens in our body. Things start growing again. Eggs start to mature again. So there's this imagery of newness, this imagery of new potential, um, and this imagery of like early, like early spring where everything is possible. And then from spring, we move into summer. And in our body, this is the peak. This is ovulation. This is when we are most outgoing. It's the phase where we are... Um, usually highest in energy and highest in, in productivity. And in nature, everything is in full bloom in the season of summer. And after summer, we have autumn. And autumn is often a little bit gloomy, a little bit darker, a little bit rainy. And it can feel like that in our bodies too. Like in our minds and in our bodies, things might get a little bit unsettled. Emotions might be going everywhere. Um, what we want and what we feel and what we think might be going everywhere, just like all the leaves go everywhere uh, mm. when they blow off the trees. Um, and I often say, like in autumn, the leaves, lo- the trees lose their leaves, and I might lose my shit. That's something that, <laughs> that's something that might happen. It doesn't have to, but it might happen. <laughs> so, and and this, this imagery also helps um, my partner understand like what's going on Mm. um we haven't been together for so long but when i explained this to him he was like oh okay so i mean and also for children if you're trying to explain to children how the menstrual cycle works and what their mom is going through Mm -hmm. it's a very easy and accessible way for children to understand um, how to approach you for example when Mm -hmm. when you are in a moment in your cycle when it doesn't feel so okay to be approached all the time yeah um yeah Okay. What a, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just actually got like a huge wave of emotion as you shared that because uh, what a beautiful thing to like give. <laughs> I grew up in a home where it was like, it wasn't always clear what emotional response you were going to get for something. Mm-hmm. And I just like, what a beautiful model and gift to like give your kids to say like, Hey, these are the things going on inside of mom's head or inside of dad's head or like whatever. And like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not being articulate because it just hit me, but that almost made me cry. So I felt like I should respond to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's funny because I also had the same response. I'm getting like welled up because yeah. what a beautiful image of like the magic of what's happening in the, in the body. I mean, all mad, all bodies are magical, but like we take this thing that women are oftentimes like so annoyed by, we're like, Oh, our periods, you know, such a negative association. And then to relate it back to these, this beautiful, beautiful imagery of seasons that also help, I think it helps me better understand what's happening because now that I have a better understanding of my different cycles, I can say that feels pretty accurate to me. <laughs> like I know yeah. that, I know that, um, and so I think what I want to say for listeners is 
when I first heard about this, that there were different seasons and that like every cycle had maybe its own personality. I was like, oh, this sounds like some woo-woo shit. <laughs> but then I, as usual, desperation pushes you into openness, right? Because you're just like, I'm willing to learn. And I just took a moment to just notice and observe my body, let my ego go. And I was like, oh my God, this is true. Like I am in my ovulation. I am the most social. It's when I love doing podcasts the most. I'm like on fire with my clients. Right. And then, and then during premenstrual, I go inward, very inward and yeah, all of these things. So I think one, the main question I definitely, definitely want to ask is, can you talk about how to schedule your life with your cycle. <laughs> like mm. that's I think something I've seen you write a lot about um in on you know Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, I can definitely talk about that. I also wanted to say that this imagery of the seasons is is also for me, it's also confirming that our bodies are like the microcosmos that represents the macrocosmos of the earth mm. and can also help us to feel part of something. For me, that was also something that was really important because I felt a lot of times I felt like really lost in my life. And when I could see my own body as being a representation of that bigger earth and their seasons, mm -hmm. it really made me feel as part of something bigger and as someone whose body communicates with something bigger or represents something bigger. Um, and that also brought me to the, the concept and the practice of cyclical living and what that actually means because I struggled a lot, especially when I was working corporate jobs and nine to five jobs to honor my body and at the same time be that productive person that I was you know, asked to be at work. But I also realized that the more I gave in to that productivity mindset all the time, the more my own body would deplete and the more my own body would be driven to the ed edge of, of burnout, basically, because I wasn't honoring the integrity of my body. I wasn't honoring the intelligence of my body. I, I was basically not listening to it. And at a certain point, I just couldn't deny my body anymore because I could, every time I looked at myself at the mirror, I would be like, what are you doing? And I knew I was doing it. I was making that choice to work that nine to five job. I was making that choice to get up in the morning every day and be or expect myself to be that productive person every single day of the month. And that would lead me to have painful periods that will lead me to have insane PMS that was not only bad for myself, but also for my surroundings and my relationships. And it would also show in my work. And every time I would not like perform in a way that was expected of me, I would beat myself up. And it was like that in school. It was like that at university. It was like that in my jobs. And at a certain point, I was just so depleted and so tired that I really had to sit with myself and ask the question, like, is this the life that you want? Mm -hmm. Is this it? Is this how you want to live forever? And then I was also thinking like, but your fertility, this is affecting your fertility. You want to have kids later. Mm -hmm. And I just had to sit with all of these things and then realize like, no, this is not a way to live for me. Nobody else is living according to their cycle, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what that does for me. And I'm going to see how I feel because that feels the most honest towards my body. I had no knowledge about this. I had no, you know, I didn't read any books about it. So this was like I, intuitive, would you say? It was intuitive. I was like, I wow. need to like work with what I have. And I, I wrote a lot about it. I journaled a lot. And, and every phase would show something that I would feel excited about. 
So during my period, I would feel excited about reading a book that I really would love to read and just lay down. During my springtime, my follicular phase, I would naturally be drawn to like write up the things for the upcoming month, like make a plan, make like a list of goals. It would come naturally to me. Yeah. And then during ovulation, I would feel like really on top of my game. I was super productive. I could finish projects like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how, you know, it doesn't feel like any effort. Whereas if I would be doing this during my premenstruum, it would feel like a massive mountain, yeah. a massive obstacle to overcome. And in my premenstruum, it would feel natural to like clean my house, clear my mailbox, mm -hmm. you know, clear everything <laughs> and make space. Yeah. And, and like task you know? focused, I feel like you're just in that, for me in that moment, I'm just like, what can I like sort of tie up loose ends? That's yes. what it feels like. Yeah. Finish, like complete. It's a phase of completion. Yeah. And I just, you know, practiced with that. And at the time I was still working um, as an admin at a yoga studio and I had some big projects to finish. And it was so much that I needed to do that I thought, let me just get this structure of my menstrual cycle and try to fit it in, um, in my work and try to adapt a little bit of my work and fit it into that cycle and see what happens. And it felt almost effortless. I mean, it was still a lot of work, but when I did it according, I had to write like a huge manual for um, people who work there at the reception because mm -hmm. I worked there the longest and I needed to write up the whole manual. It was a huge product. And I did that according to my cycle mm -hmm. and I finished it like effortless. Even, wow. you know, it was still a lot of work, but I could feel that my body was way happier mm -hmm. when I did it that way than I then what would have happened when I would have pushed myself through it and be like burned out at the end of the ride? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of all the times, like I am very much someone whose energy ebbs and flows and I can be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm doing like 8,000 things in one day. And then the next, and then what feels like the next day, it feels very arbitrary that there are other times that I'm like, it's like trudging through mud to get the simplest thing done. And yeah. I'm, I'm having a profound experience in this interview because I'm realizing maybe it actually hasn't been completely arbitrary. You know, maybe it's actually been, uh, mm. my body has its own rhythm that I was just not at all aware of. And okay, cool, noted, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the conversation here is like, there's a different way. Like, yeah. there's a whole, and what I think what you called cyclical living, right? Is that, is that the phrase I use? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I kind of oppose it to linear living because that's the way that society is structured, there is a structure that is followed, like days are nine to five. And the way we, you know, finish things or the way we plan is a, is a very linear way. But we are cyclical beings. Our yeah. bodies move through these cycles over the course of a month. And we really have qualities that work better in other phases and in some phases they don't work at all and i personally believe that the world would look very different if we could honor that cyclical productivity pattern in every person who has a cycle and every person who doesn't have a cycle can do like their linear way if that is what feels right for them mm -hmm. i mean i can see it in my partner he has this endless energy that i'm like aren't you tired ever and he has this like structure that he can put himself in every single day. And it's, it's for him, it's like a daily rhythm. 
Whereas I'm like, but I, I get that rhythm. I get, I see what you're doing. But for me, it takes a month to move through that. Yeah. And I really feel that if we would, you know, honor both of these ways, because they all have their, their gifts as well. It's not that one is bad and one is good, but they're just both equal, but it's not okay, in my opinion, to push cyclical bodies into that linear structure and rhythm when the body doesn't work that way, because the body is a place from where we live and we lead and we love. And how are we supposed to like push it into this linear thing if this whole system goes right. through cycles and yeah. rhythms? Well, so that is the question. That's the challenge. It's like, how do we with cyclical, cyclical beings, because like, the truth is we live in a linear world, like that is our society. Yeah. We live in a mm-hmm. linear 24 hour world again, created by the patriarchy, right? So yep. how- and capitalism, don't yeah. forget the productivity of capitalism. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so is there a way to, you know, to bring our, our cycle 28 day, whatever it is, 34, whatever, you know, that cycle might be um, into the world of the 24, you know, to, to have them complement each other in some way. So it doesn't have to feel like a battle. Particular in- layer onto that question i'm thinking of you know i'm very new listeners know i'm very new to the self-employed life and so you know a month ago i had a i had a nine-to-five schedule right and so how does how do you apply could you give some tips for how listeners who don't have overt control over their schedule can apply this cyclical approach and kind of claim some of that power yeah Sorry, yeah. I just want to add one more thing because I think that <laughs> I know we do. Iris, we get really excited. <laughs> Iris, we're just throwing so much at you, but I, I, um, at some point, I'm going to put this out there. I want to talk about the what do you call it? Oh gosh, I wrote it down. It's like the period retreat. You, mm-hmm. you do this wonderful. You talk about this wonderful thing called the period retreat, and I feel like at some point we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to throw that out there, and um, yeah, you can explain it whenever it comes up. <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing that I always teach my clients and want to bring forth is that we have to understand that we have a cycle and not only a period. Because mm-hmm. many people live in this, in this consciousness that we have a period, but then forget that this period is part of a whole cycle and that we have influence on how we're going to experience that period if we also remember that everything that becomes, you know, that comes for the, before the period has an effect on how you're going to experience that period. So that shift in consciousness is the first thing that is important. So a lot of people forget about that. A lot of people forget that the main event of a cycle is actually ovulation. And when you don't have an ovulation, you also don't have a period. So that's the first thing that people have to understand if they want to start living with this more because this whole cycle is also a vital sign of health it's not just a cycle that we have to live by it's also a representation of our overall health and usually when i connect you know health to this whole story people start to think like oh yeah but if my cycle is like really all over over the place does that mean i'm maybe not so healthy yeah that means that you're maybe not so healthy or that you're maybe not taking care of yourself in a way that works for you And if you don't do that, you can also not perform at work. It's, you know, it's all connected. So if people want to like tune in to cyclical living, they really have to understand that it's not just this woo-woo thing that we can do to make our lives better, but it's, it's really connected to our health. 
and it's really connected to how we feel and it's really connected to how our work manifests and how our relationships manifest and for a lot of people the easiest way to you know start working with this because it's the most visual part of the cycle is with the period so i always say to people like try to take a period retreat start with that and it doesn't matter if your period retreat is 10 minutes or three days try to do it intentionally try to make that intention to take that time off and see how your body responds see how that feels see what happens when you stop pushing during your period and just have that bodily experience and that mental experience and that emotional experience that comes with that and then see whether you can maybe take some more time off or maybe ask your partner to take care of your kids for one day if your period seems to happen on a Saturday or a Sunday and see how that goes. So it's this gradual process of like easing into it because you can't change everything all at once except for when you're an entrepreneur. That's just a reality of how it is. When you're an entrepreneur, you have way more freedom to you know, schedule everything in a way that you want. But a lot of people don't have that freedom, so to say. So then it's like working with what you have. And if 15 minutes is all that you have during your period, start with that. Mm -hmm. But I also say like, don't say you don't have any time because you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce. So don't, you know, don't bullshit me on that. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a consciousness shift as well. So do, are you willing to invest some time in yourself and your body? Are you willing to do that? Can you make that conscious choice? And then start with that. If you get that, if you are comfortable with taking a period retreat every single month, no matter how long, just doing that intentionally, then you can start with every other phase and start learning about the qualities of each phase and see whether you can recognize them. Um, mm -hmm. And then start moving with that and start, you know, start also feeling into like, what are my superpowers during each phase? You all have them. They're all different for all of us. But start tuning into each phase, start maybe demarcating each phase for yourself, like recognizing mm -hmm. when you move to a different phase and then see what am I good at? What am I feeling like in each phase? Mm -hmm. And then start to answer your own needs in each phase and try to do that within the container and the schedule and the context that you are in. So it's different for everybody. I really want to make that clear that this practice of cyclical living can look different for each person. But the baseline is, is that you stay close to what phase that you are in, in each cycle and that you try to like tend to that phase within your own capacity, within your own consciousness and within your own context. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Yeah. Can I ask though, because I am really curious. Mm -hmm. um, so Jocelyn Reed, who we all know, she was a guest on this podcast. She was the one who, uh -huh. who, who talked about, you know, she raved about you and she was said something that really caught my attention. She was like, she takes, I think she said something like she takes the whole week off on her period or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> I was jealous. I was like, oh my God, is that allowed? Can you, can you do that? <laughs> so I guess I'm curious in your own life. I know it's really specific to each person, but I think if I'm being really honest, I feel like I need permission. Like I would love to take yeah. three days off of my period. I would love to, but I feel like I need permission because I'm like, that's who the, you know, that's a lot of like, I can't do that. You know, like I run my own business. I'm busy, blah, 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 blah. That's still the dialogue in my head. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you could speak a little bit about how you and implement this into your own life. Kylie. 
I lose you. Oh, oh no, uh, I, I also, I can also add because you're telling this story and I'm like, Eva, hell yeah, I'll give you permission. You should hundred percent take three days <laughs> off. That sounds amazing. And at the same time, as you were talking, my whole chest felt tight at the thought of taking a day off of like having our amazing sitter with our kids and my husband working and it's a Wednesday and I'm going to go to the beach. Like I feel sick to my stomach at the thought of that. Right. Like, mm. <laughs> so I think there's a way in which like intellectually I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. But like, we're so programmed. So, um, just to layer, just layer <laughs> in like we love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is that a lot of, you know, female identifying beings or beings that society labels as woman or female, we are programmed to, you know, be like the men and be as good and as productive and as everything as the, the male person. Um, that is what the sexual revolution was partly about. I'm, I'm not agreeing to that at all. Um, but many of us are programmed that way. And when we do not behave according to that pattern, we start beating ourselves up. We start thinking like that we're not good enough. We don't deserve it. We are unworthy. Um, but that's also the shift in our own consciousness that needs to happen. So it is also, there is nobody else who needs to give you permission but you. Nobody else. And we have been programmed that we needed that permission. We needed that permission from our partner, from our parents, from our teachers, I don't know who else, but we've been programmed that that was what is needed. But in reality, the only person who needs to give you permission is you. Yeah. <laughs> and you can cultivate that relationship with yourself and you can cultivate that voice in your head that's going to give you permission. It's just, again, the question like, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to step into your own self and to your own power basically and your own sovereignty and your own agency? to really make that decision for yourself. And are you also willing to open your eyes to see that everybody benefits if you do that? Mm. If you take that time mm. off, it's not only you who benefits from that. It's also your loved ones. It's also your children. Yeah. Because when you recharge, when you take the time to take care of yourself, because that's initially what you're doing, essentially that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Everybody around you is going to benefit from that because you're going to be more of you. You're going to be better at being in service of your clients, of your partner, of your children, everybody who needs you to be in service, like lovingly, not like mm -hmm. forcefully, but yeah. you're, you're going to be a better person because you're answering the need of your body to take rest. I'm um, also something clicked for me while you were talking, which is this need for approval. I think tying it back to spirituality more overtly, uh, which everything that we're talking about is spirituality because everything's spirituality, <laughs> but, but is, uh, it's, it's also needing permission from an external God, right? A God who lives mm -hmm. up in the sky and casts judgment and says like, yes, you're worthy. No, you're not. Or even if you have a more evolved version, um, this like universal love, but it's still a universal love that lives outside of you. And so what I hear you saying is also by, by honoring your own cycle and honoring like this is the season where I rest and the, that permission for that comes from within feels like it's really honoring the divine love or the, the source of God that resides within ourselves uh, and prioritizing that as well. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and for me personally, the you know the communication channels that I have with what I call the goddess, they're way more open if I take care of myself. When I don't yeah. take care of myself, I don't even hear her. 
I don't even hear her talk to me. I don't even hear the guidance that comes from within, you know? Yeah. But when I take care of my body, when I take care of my cycle, when I take care of myself, that inner voice that guides me through life and also that trust, you know, to lean into life is so big and the voice is so loud and life becomes literally life is more in flow when we or when I, you know, connect to myself in that way and give myself permission to take rest. And sometimes I take a week, but sometimes when I feel I only need three days, I take three days. Sometimes when I feel like, oh, this period really feels like, uh, like, a, like a small release, that it's not so much that I need to process for myself, then I can slowly start working again. Then I sometimes like do my emails or create or write down new ideas that I have for my business. So it's not that I do nothing. Mm-hmm. Most of the times that I... Um, I'm on my period, I'm either in nature or I'm eating. And I try to like prepare my food before I bleed because I find it really hard to cook when I bleed. I just can't deal with it. Mm. I just cannot. So I prepare prepare my food before I bleed and I put it in the fridge. I make like curries and soups and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I ask my partner to, uh, to cook or to order something. But I just cannot. And maybe that's people can relate to that. But yeah. I well, I think that's a dream. On my period, I also just want to be in nature and eat. <laughs> Truly, like. I just had a vision. It was just like, oh my god, yes, that is the dream life right there. Yeah. Well, because from what I understand, what I've and again, it's, I'm sure it's unique to every person. So I guess I would just speak for myself. When I'm on my period, I become like really intuitive, and I get mm-hmm. like, it's. I also actually do good coaching when I'm on my period, except unfortunately that's also when I'm kind of tired, but I just, I'm like, I'm inward, I'm tuned in, all like this, I don't even know how to explain it. It just feels, I feel more in my spiritual being when I'm on my Mm -hmm. menstrual cycle, which then just makes me want to be in nature because that's where I'm I'm usually thriving the most. Which I'm sorry, it's also fascinating because I feel like you're on this whole journey around like embracing like this mystical, feminine, mysterious, intuitive (laughs) part of yourself. So like, of course she shows up when you're having your period, you know? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. And, and even Eckhart Tolle, someone who I love has talked about how like if women meditate on their periods, I don't exactly understand what he's saying, but like he says, basically it sounds like he's saying cool shit can happen. (laughs) Well, the thing is during our premenstruum and our, our menstruation, we actually naturally reside in our meditative brainwaves. Mm-hmm. So there, it's easier for us to access those brainwaves. So when we meditate, we move through different brainwaves. I don't exactly know the, the namings of them, mm-hmm. but there is research done to that. Mm-hmm. A long time ago in the seventies, but still mm-hmm. <laughs> the research is there. <laughs> um, and I also feel that way. Like meditation comes to me naturally when I'm, at the end of my premenstruum and during my menstruation. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is also, you know, during my ovulation, sitting and meditating feels like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Whereas during my premenstruum, my, medita- my, my menstruation, meditation comes naturally. And there's really beautiful things that like move through me intuitively during that time. And it feels effortless. So those are also the times when I meditate more. Um, and me not taking time off is a disservice to what wants to come through me. Yeah. That's how it yeah. feels. Also for my business, if I don't take the time to take time off during my period, I feel like I'm missing out on all the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> then I feel guilty afterwards. Like, oh my God, I didn't take a day off 
I didn't meditate. Now all these ideas are going to go back into the void and I miss them. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful because I think it's, it's a celebration of a time when we're bleeding, whereas most of the time it's, you know, again, can be like this drag, but there's actually so many gifts that can come from that, yeah. that experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to go back to what you said about yeah, no one needs to give you permission for yourself, which is like, it's so true. And I think you were talking about how, you know, people benefit around us when we are taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I would like to say also that I think in the long run, when we are, you know, free and sovereign and like, I think our, our freedom is actually a gift that we give other people too. Like that mm-hmm. is a oh. gift. Yeah like our peace and our freedom. That's something that I've been thinking about, like in terms of right now when people are, you know, want to make a difference in the world and all that stuff. And I'm like, start with yourself, (laughs) like your Mm -hmm. freedom, your peace is the biggest gift that you give other people. And yet here I am also, it's just, it's really clicking with me. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can give myself permission. Like, and this is a gift. If I am free, this is a gift for everyone around me. So I'm really going to take, I'm going to take that to heart. (laughs) I totally agree. And just to give you an example, last week, was an insane week for me. I was moving from one island to another. A dear friend passed. I was having to like say goodbye to my partner who was moving to Barcelona. And I did not take the time to reflect during my, uh, during my premenstruum. And I became like this complaining bitch towards oh, him. <laughs> and he called me out on it. He was like, it's, you know, it's okay to feel this way, but it's not okay, you know, to take it out on me. And, you know, even because even me teaching about this i slip into it as well and it's really good to be held accountable Mm. by a partner but it also really shows me and i told him like you know i did not have time to reflect and then everything like piles up within me and then at some point i explode and most people explode in a safe place and unfortunately they explode like with the people they love the most right because right. that is also the safe, spl- a safe place where we can explode. I mean, we can't do it at work because we risk being fired, basically. Mm-hmm. So this is also something, you know, to, to recognize also for the people listening that this can happen, but you can also prevent it if you take the time for yourself and to take that accountability and responsibility for yourself and your cycle and to really, you know, spend time with it and be close to it yeah. and really do, do the work that you're supposed to do during each phase my job is to reflect on everything i need to reflect upon and you know point out all the things that are not okay and that i want to voice that i want to talk about during my my luteal phase my premenstruum and when i don't do that right before bleeding everything just becomes too much and it explodes and i think that's the thing that many people you know recognize but what many people don't know is how to prevent it and how to work with it And also that the storms that, you know, that happen around that time, it's good to tell the people around you to not take them personally, because that is only going to drive you more apart. And it's really important to focus on the connection part, because this is a time when we have a lot of fights, Mm -hmm. when it's, it's more natural to have these fights that are actually not, not necessary and are necessary. But in these times, it's important that the person who is standing next to you, if you have a partner, that they don't react to your behavior and that you explain to them that everything that you're saying during that time is not coming from a place that you you really mean what you say to them that it comes from a place of being overwhelmed of not knowing where to be with yourself and where to find yourself 
So I explained this to my partner as well. And I was really clear that, you know, nothing was his fault and that it was just like me exploding, but that it also doesn't help if he completely pulls out yeah, right. and does not give me any attention at all. Yeah. So it's also really important to communicate with partners how you want to be treated and what, right. what the manual is. I told him, I have a manual. <laughs> this is what to do. And yeah, that's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I and actually, then, yeah. you know, then everything becomes more easy because otherwise you're going to fall into that same pattern all the time. Now he has the manual. Now he knows what to do and exactly what to say. I gave him a sentence like, this is what you need to tell me when this happens again. <laughs> he was like, okay, noted. And he's like, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man, I love this. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that I am hearing you saying is also one of the big shifts to make all of this possible is that we have to shift away from prioritizing only output, right? Yes. Like the reason that the, what I, when I hear you talking with such reverence about like your premenstrual and menstrual weeks is that you are in this like receiving and release mode and you mm-hmm. value that just as much as you are valuing the weeks where you produce content or you yeah. like put something out there. And I think perhaps where Eve and I are at and some of our unlearning is that we are still locked in the space of like, output is the most important metric and that mm-hmm. like receiving is valuable only un- only to the point where it helps you create more output. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if, if it's, if output is just one of a number of valuable things or going back to the seasons piece, right? Like you have, like you have summer when everything's in bloom, but like winter's like winter's an important season too in its own right. Um, uh, yeah, and, and they're all connected, like, and they're all they rely on each other. Yeah, they rely on each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. Um, I do want to ask though, for because I do think it's important for people who don't get their periods. Like this, can the cycle still does that still apply? Well, it depends on why they don't get their periods. Mm, okay. So when you suppress your ovulation with hormonal birth control you basically don't have a cycle. Mm, you just, okay. you're, in, you're in this pause, but then still you can honor the qualities that live within your body. But to me, it still is a little bit strange because you have stopped that whole process and the manifestation of these qualities as well. Um, I prefer to work with my natural, you know, the, the, the natural feedback of my body mm-hmm. because it's really hard to like, for me, it's really hard to only work with the seasons because I love working with the feedback of my body. But when Mm. I stop all the feedback of my body and all the signs of my body with hormonal birth control, I don't know what my body is saying. Mm -hmm. I have no clue because I'm suppressing it. Yeah. So for me, it's also really hard to, you know, to speak to that. And of course there is, there is still some kind of underlying rhythm that you follow Mm -hmm. and there is still like, the, the, the pill bleed that you have, but it's not a real period. Mm-hmm. Um, but then still you can have some symptoms that are similar to okay. the symptoms that people have while they're on their period. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also people who don't have their period because they have PCOS or they have not enough fat in their bodies or are too thin. Um, there's so many reasons why people don't have a period. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, then the question is like first realize and recognize like why don't you have a period one if you choose to not have a period 
Why is that? Is that because the outside world wants you to take responsibility? What does that responsibility in regards to birth control mean to you? And how does that responsibility manifest? So that's another thing. Like how responsible is it towards your body to suppress its whole system that also has other functions outside of being reproductive? Mm. And, um, how, you know, yeah. that, that's a whole different conversation that mm -hmm. I also have with clients. I have a lot of clients who want to stop hormonal birth control because it doesn't feel honest towards mm -hmm. their, their bodies because they feel that their body is trying to tell them something, but they can't hear it. But they, mm. you know, they know there is something underlying that needs their attention. Yeah. That's um, why I got off of birth control, honestly. I mean, mm -hmm. again, no shade. I mean, I'm pretty sure it helped prevented me from getting pregnant when I didn't want to get mm -hmm. pregnant. And I think there's definitely a use for that. But, but I think as I got older, I just also realized like something is, there's like a wall here. And also yeah. I felt like I was blocking myself. And so I just, yeah, I want to to get off of it but yeah for me that was the the same and yeah. what i was angry about was that i i didn't learn that i didn't ovulate when i started taking the pill mm. nobody told me mm -hmm. i only yeah. learned that way after and i was angry because nobody gave me that information because if someone had explained to me exactly what would happen if i would take the pill except for you're not going to get pregnant mm -hmm. then i probably would have wouldn't have done it yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was education. that, you know, education that information, <laughs> yeah, information and, and education that was kept from me that I felt so angry about. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is something that is kept from a lot of people who start hormonal birth control. Mm -hmm. And if we really want to make, you know, informed choices for our bodies, then we need all the information first before yeah. we can make the choice. Yeah. Yeah. But, and what about for women who don't bleed? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. For yeah, other reasons, yeah, no, that's like, the same mm -hmm. question, okay. especially in particular, I think sometimes I maybe words not the right word, but I want to make sure that people who, you know, women who weren't born with a womb, right. Mm -hmm. Who don't feel excluded from these conversations. And so I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you could speak to someone who, you know, had to claim the fact that they're a woman and has had to, mm -hmm. you know, work through a lot of other people's shit to get to that space um, and how they fit into a conversation about cycles and hormones and bleeding and all of that mm -hmm. so the the seasons we can also see as like energetic cycles like how much energy do you feel you're having in your body and then we can also if we want to connect that to um, the energies of the moon because the moon also moves through a 29 and a half day cycle with the dark moon or the new moon as connection to menstruation. For some people it's different, but I connected in that way because that's the, the energy that is lowest and darkest, just like winter. And then the full moon uh, is more like the summer energy, the ovulatory energy where everything is more bright and outgoing. Mm. So if people want to connect with some sort of cycle and the, the moon is connected to water and our bodies are 70% water. So something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so when I wasn't having um, a period after I stopped the pill, I went through like six months of not having a period, but I wanted to connect to something cyclical. Um, mm. I turned to the moon and I've always, since I was a child, I felt very safe with the moon because it's always there. And I didn't trust people for a great part of my life but I only trusted like this bigger force out in the sky that, that was <laughs> yeah. for me it felt really it, you know it felt really safe 
to connect with that. And then I just accidentally, I think, read somewhere that ovulation is the full moon and menstruation is the new moon. And I just thought like, oh, maybe if I just, you know, know when that happens, my body will pick it up. I don't know. I don't know how I thought, but that was, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the logic that I, that I had. So if people don't have like the, like the physiologic menstrual cycle that is connected to having a womb and having ovaries and having that connection with the brain, having that cyclical experience, you can also create for yourself to, or with connecting to the moon and maybe okay. through that connecting to, uh, to the seasons. Mm -hmm. So the full moon would like correlate to the summer phase and then the, the new moon would correlate to the winter phase. And then the ones in between would connect to spring and um, autumn. Oh, yeah. I love this. So if you want to have like a, like a, a way rhythm, to anchor in, yeah. Yeah. A way to anchor in a way to like follow a rhythm and maybe adapt like your business to it or the way that you schedule your days or your weeks. Um, that's a great way. Yeah, working with those with those bigger elements in the cosmos to you know to connect with our own body is, is a beautiful way yeah yeah, yeah. stunning ah oh, goodness i feel so um much gratitude for this conversation yeah i mm -hmm. um this has been very i'm this is gonna have an impact on on me in a very significant way so i'm really grateful yeah. <laughs> I think we could talk for a thousand more years, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, in lieu of, we'll just have to have you on again because uh, there's, I think, so much more here. But um, well, I would love to know, we always like to ask a final question of what is something that's bringing you joy right now? Um, what brought me joy before going to the Netherlands to where my mom lives <laughs> um, was that I could go to the sea every single day. I moved to Malta last year oh. and I am so grateful to be living closer to water because mm. water is an important part, um, has been an important part of my healing, has been an important part of my life and just being able to be so close to the ocean and be like in crystal clear oceans with my body has has brought me so much joy yeah it's been oh my god it's been so good it's been so sign me up exactly <laughs> just hearing you say that my body is just having a visceral reaction like yes i want to be by water so yeah. i'm happy yeah. for you that, that that's the case how about you eva what's something bringing you joy um so recently i found this old okay so let me have to rewind as a huge music nerd Back in like the true 2000s before Spotify was around or whatever iTunes music, I would download music and catalog it um, like very meticulously. And like I, had, I knew all the dates that these albums came out and all these bands and all this information. It, it was the way it wasn't as meticulous as some people are with their records. It's like it's like having records, but I didn't have records because it was the 2000s. So instead, I just did it all with MP3s. Yeah. Anyway, I recently found my list of music uh, from this time. And oh, wow. I'm just rediscovering all of these bands that I haven't listened to, you know, that I grew up, like, I listened to a ton in college and in my twenties and oh my goodness, it is such, it's such a light in my life. Just rediscovering Ooh. old music that you love and it's all categorized like so well by like genre alphabetically. And I'm like, oh my God, I have such good taste. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's like anytime you rediscover something old and it's new again you know it's like a new piece of clothing yeah. new shoes new music a new food thing it's always like a bright spot in in the day so that's that recently brought me joy <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yes and what about you kylie what's something you're bringing you joy so i have two answers the first is 
peanut butter puffins. Have you guys <laughs> eaten the cereal? No, I haven't, but it sounds what? wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's the best. Uh, everyone who's listening, who's eaten peanut butter puffins, please come into our Facebook group where we will have a lengthy discussion about why this child cereal, but it's made by like an organic hippie cereal maker. So there's like not actually that much sugar, but it tastes like there's a ton of sugar. Oh my God. My nice. son and I each had a bowl of it yesterday and he goes, Mama, can I have this for breakfast every day? <laughs> The problem is it's like kind of a small box. It's like four fifty a box. So I was like, mm. no, no. <laughs> My abundance mindset does not allow for peanut butter puffins every morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also the other thing that I will say in a similar kind of goofy space is um, I've just been taking life very seriously for a long time. And I'm reading a book right now that is just totally stupid and fun. And it's Artemis. Speaking of the moon, the book's called Artemis. And it's by that guy who wrote The Martian. Um, uh, and it's just like, it's like a sci-fi thriller about this, like kind of caper on a city on the moon, like way in the future. And it's like, so readable. It's very fun. There's no low stakes. It's not like asking me to plumb the depths of my shadow and like release <laughs> deep trauma. Right, right. I know. <laughs> and if you were in the mood for that, I highly recommend, uh, maybe both at the same time. Maybe that'll be tomorrow. I'll read <laughs> while I read peanut, eat peanut butter puffins. <laughs> oh, sounds like a win-win. Is it funny, the book? It is actually funny. Yeah, the narrator is is funny. It's not like laugh out loud funny, but it has like a, a very light kind of cheeky tone to it. So yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's always mm-hmm. good to have a nice, yeah, fun, not so serious thing in your life read since, yeah, so much of it can be serious. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Iris, where can everybody find you? How can they work with you? Share with us um, all the things. So I support people through online coaching classes, and um, I also do in-person retreats, but that's a little bit difficult right now. I have one coming up next year in the Philippines, which is really awesome because it's on a paradise island. Yeah. Um, My website is cycleseeds.com, and on Facebook and Instagram, it's at cycleseeds, so everybody can find me there. Um, I have a three-month program running right now on embodied feminine leadership where we really dive deep in healing what we have to heal to step into our own power and really lead our lives, our businesses, anything that we want to lead from within in accordance with um, our cycles. Oh, wow. And I have a very exciting business mastermind coming up called the cyclical CEO specifically for people who run their own business that's coming later this year um please be sure to send both of that that to both Eva and I yeah (laughs) yeah that sounds really interesting yeah 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 Yeah, so that's where people can find me awesome all right well thank you so so much yeah this was this was everything I hoped it would be and more Thank you so much for having me. It's been really an honor and thank you for receiving my work and the wisdom that I've gathered over the years. I'm always so happy that it can land in places and that it feels like useful for people. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely think this will be useful. So thank you. You're welcome.